1: Fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Lovely Rita, meet a
3: made. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I told your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. And tonight. President Trump is asking America and asking all sides something he kind of rarely does. He's saying let's lower the temperature, that something bad is going to happen if we don't cool temperatures down. And, in fact, here's a quote coming from the president just a little bit ago. The country is in a very dangerous position. There is tremendous anger, and he says whatever we can do to help. Because the temperature has to be brought down to the country. And if it isn't, terrible things are going to happen. Those are the comments from President Trump. And he is already seeing that people are so angry, are so frustrated by this raid on Mar-a-Lago. And here we are a week later. Isn't it unbelievable, guys? And we still don't have a lot of answers. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to what you think is going to happen next. We know that the Trump side and many people on the GOP side and even many people on the Democratic side have said, hey, let let the affidavit get out there. That is what is used to justify the search warrant. But so far, the DOJ, by the way, in the last few hours have come out and said, we do not want the affidavit, which, again, is used as justification for that search warrant, We do not want that unsealed. And I can understand, I'm not a big defender of the DOG in this case, because I think the raid was so over the top based on everything we know now. But I can understand why they don't want to release something tied to an affidavit. Because if they do that, it could show maybe a source. It could show maybe someone who's helping with the case, someone who testified before the grand jury. And maybe was promised anonymity, even if their name's not there. Maybe something they say could open up the door. Although maybe in this case, I actually think they should give it out in a redacted form. I think there is so many questions in America today, I can't tell you everywhere I've gone, everyone's like, What do you think of the Trump search warrant? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? People are so emotional on both sides. And for that reason, I actually think it is tremendously important that they put it out, even in a redacted form. What are your thoughts about this, guys? It's 1 800 848 9222, 1 800 848 And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Do you agree with me that, indeed, even a partial, basically, affidavit should come out? Just something that actually just shows a little bit more light. Just something. Maybe it's more details in the search warrant. Uh, But even, like, some indications, you can go through that affidavit with a fine-tooth comb. Maybe there's, like, a summation paragraph or something in there. That would just offer a little bit of light when you are going into the former president of the United States home. And to me, all of a sudden here now, we're supposed to believe that everything is correct. We're supposed to believe Garland, who the other day was like, again, he looked like he was in a hostage video when he was talking about it. It was like, uh, 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 uh. I mean, he just seemed like he was completely lost. And he seemed like he was just trying to figure out what to say. And they still haven't given any substantial answers. I mean, the American public and a former president of the United States deserve to know and at least have a sense of what is going on, because even with that statement that President Trump put out just a few hours ago, which I agree with him, and I say bravo to him for putting out that statement that we have to do something to basically cool the temperature, because Things are getting really, really heated in America, and people are really fed up and seeing this double standard of justice and seeing a tremendous overreach by this Department of Justice. He also said that he doesn't rule out that the FBI may have planted something in Mar-a-Lago when they were down there. So we're hearing things from different directions. So where do you... See this headed tonight. I see all of your calls, guys. We're going to get to them in a moment. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice uh, on line four. Alice, your thoughts real quick. What do you think?
4: Uh, Well, I don't trust the Biden administration. They could criminalize
3: your your political affiliation. They want 87,000 more employees for the IRS. They could start going into voter registration
4: and they could uh, they could go right after you if you're not the right political party.
3: And isn't that scary? You know, you know, you hit a great point, Alice, that the overreach by the IRS to suddenly say, oh, gosh, uh, we're going to get another, you know, 87,000 new agents. That comes at the same time that we just saw this raid of Mar-a-Lago. Like, it's not just in an isolated bubble. It's these actions happening at the same time after we saw parents treated as domestic terrorists and this overreach of a lot of things. Do you sort of put them all on the same, uh, I guess, on the same page as I do?
4: Yes, I do. They could be hiring a lot of bullies.
3: Further, they've uh, They've also said that the uh, these IRS agents can be armed. And this is coming from people who are who are anti-gun. Very, very scary. I agree with you. And by the way, uh, they even said that, okay, they won't be looking at people under X uh, making X money, but then it just came out the other day that they probably will be looking at people uh, that are like middle income and others. So it's something that's going to be affecting a lot of people. And this whole huge yeah. government overreach, Alice, you're right, it's sort of par for the course. It's sort of fits this moment where they just seem to be reaching and encroaching, I think, in many different directions. Alice, thank you very much. Let's go to Dom, Line 7 in Minnesota. Dom, go ahead, my friend.
5: Yeah, Rita. You know, the affidavit uh, may show a source, but what's stopping them from redacting it before releasing it? I'll bet you that the affidavit release will, will show that it was obtained with a purpose of a fishing expedition for the dirt on January 6th and not a lot to do with the, you know, top secret documentation, which, as a pre- as everybody knows, the president has absolute authority to gla- declassify by word of mouth if he wants to, as far as if I understand it correctly. And I think, you know, when Trump said, you know, cool down the temperature, he probably is smarter than the rest of the country. He senses that, you know, these guys are really love me and they really want to, Create something. I want to keep a calm atmosphere, and I'll bet you in tomorrow's news, people will say, you know what, Trump is calling them for, you know, take up arms. Look at the way, look at his language. They're going to read into it. They're going to read between the lines. That's what I'm afraid of. This thing is going to, you know, hell in a high bass. You know, going to hell in a in a whirlwind. (laughs) Yeah, no,
3: I know. You know what? You know what? I actually do applaud him for saying something because. There was also a, uh, an internal memo that was put out, and this to me is really disconcerting, among FBI employees, the, all the agents and others at DOJ, to be careful because there have been threats against them and nobody wants to see that. You want to see justice, but you don't want to see threats. Um, and so there was an already an internal document, and people are just really upset. Um, aside from, you know, obviously nobody condones the violence, Dom, but when you see, yep. it's understandable that people's emotions in general are riding high. Um Just because if you look at the background and you look at the history of these documents, they never should have really risen to the level of, you know, of where you have to go and suddenly with a raid, why not do another subpoena? Um And that's why I think that affidavit, to your point, even if it's redacted, you're right, it might shed light that they were looking for January 6th. It might also shed light that it's like such an unbelievable affidavit that maybe just when you look at it, you go, God, how could anybody believe this? But yet a judge signed off on it. So there's some reason I can't see why they can't put even a limited part of it out. You know, that's what I think, Dom. They should. What are your thoughts?
5: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I find it really interesting. We have a mayor. they, They call him Mayor Mom Baby Jeans because he acts like a kid all the time. He was the one in Minneapolis, Minnesota, he said, let the, let the rioters, the Black Black Lives Matter, let them burn down the third precinct, uh, you know, police station, at least they, it'll keep them in peace. He actually went ahead and said that. I he remember, to, the by anger. the way, I
3: remember. Yeah, yeah that was, the, and that was in the height of all those riots. I remember yes.
5: that. He's an elected official saying that. And now they don't have any problem. They, they have problems with Trump saying, hey, he's, you know, inciting violence. They forgot all the violence they incited over the two years in in Atlanta, in in Minnesota, and all over the place. I just can't believe these guys anymore. That's my problem because they're going to – I hope they don't cheat in November. We have to be really vigilant and, you know, get the Congress and the Senate, and hopefully the Republicans will do something with it. That's what I'm worried about.
3: Well, and it's interesting that they can't understand how Republicans um, and others, too, independents, and I know some Democrats, too – who have been very frustrated with all of this, um, and they can't understand why would they be frustrated. And all I keep thinking about, Dom, um, exactly almost to your point, can you imagine if this was, you know, Barack Obama's house? Oh, my God, they'd be taken to the streets right now. You know, I mean, you know, if, if the shoe were on the other foot, they would be going crazy as opposed to the media gloating about it, which to me is just, it's it's horrible. Dom, thank you very much. And Dom was talking about how some of these documents were declassified. That's according to Trump's attorneys. And they keep repeating that, indeed, he did declassify them. Now, remember, we also had John Solomon on the show last week. And John was saying that according to the order... That as president and vice president, but especially the president, had a standing order that when something was taken to the Oval Office and maybe he took it to the residence, apparently all these boxes were mostly from the residence area, that they were automatically declassified. And the president has the sole power to do that. Now, there's no proof of that, but does he have to prove that if he just says, listen, if you look at the statute, I am allowed to be able to do this. I declassified it. Apparently his attorneys also told the Justice Department we're learning that the documents, everything that was, you know, classified, you already have. We don't have anything that's, you know, that's, that is classified still with us. Everything that's classified it was in boxes. They're already to you. And whatever you took, these were declassified. So is it possible at the end of the day, Trump, all he has to say is, I declassified him. You bring up somebody who looks at the statute and says, yeah, I agree with the president. According to XX and X, he can declassify them. If he says he declassified them, well, maybe they're declassified. But good old shifty Adam Schiff, nothing's good enough for him. Take a listen to what he said over the weekend.
6: We should determine, uh, you know, whether there was any effort uh, during the presidency to go through the process of declassification. I've seen no evidence of that, nor have they presented any evidence of that. Uh, The idea, first of all, a former president has no declassification authority. Right. And the idea that 18 months after the fact, Donald Trump Trump could simply announce, well, I'm, you know, uh, retroactively declassifying or whatever I took home had the effect of declassifying them uh, is absurd.
3: And then in the middle of all this, I hate this belittling of Trump supporters. It's disgusting. And the media, the left-leaning media, and that includes, by the way, George Conway, who is Kellyanne Conway's husband. Remember, they have very different opinions of President Trump. And she has stood by President Trump and believes this is an outrageous raid. But her husband, George Conway, can you imagine what that's like at the home? He's been coming out, and he continues to bash President Trump. And he said over the weekend that he basically can't wait to see President Trump go to jail. He's like loading over it, as was, by the way, Stephen Colbert last week. I mean, the list was going on and on and on. Take a listen to this.
6: But what is the likelihood
0: in your gut uh, that this is going to lead to some sort of prosecution, do you think?
7: I think he's I mean, I think the shortest distance between Donald Trump and an orange jumpsuit is this investigation with the documents. And and, and it's really kind of because it's so simple. Um, And and we haven't heard anything remotely approaching uh, a rational, logical defense.
3: What about the defense that he was cooperating? And what about the defense that this is a National Archives issue, which has never gotten to the point where they ever raided somebody's house before? So could that be a double standard, George Conway? And what about the defense that maybe he already declassified them? Did you ever think about that, George Conway? Oh, my gosh. Hearing the media, they are gloating upon gloating upon gloating. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. one 800 848 And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
1: It's The Rita Cosby Show.
3: listening to the Rita Cosby show and I say unseal even a redacted affidavit. You don't have to give all the details if you're working on a confidential investigation, you can just give out a portion of it. You can redact a lot of it, even just give out a paragraph or two. Whatever it is, I think the American public need to know. And this is not just Republicans, it's Democrats, it's independent, certainly the former President of the United States, suddenly to have his home raided. Don't you think more details should be coming out? And if you listen to President Trump, he feels that the lack of transparency, as do a lot of people, feel that it is contributing to this like very heated, very tense climate. And clearly what looks like a huge double standard in America. And in fact, President Trump releasing a statement a little bit ago saying the country is in a very dangerous position. There is tremendous anger. And there absolutely is. And they are seeing what looks like to be two systems of justice. If you're a Democrat and it's Hillary Clinton or it's Hunter Biden, well, don't worry about it. But if it's Donald Trump. They're already talking about putting you in an orange jumpsuit, according to some members of the media. And that is not justice. Justice is fair to all. It shouldn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent. Doesn't matter. Justice should be blind and it should be fair to all. And it is outrageous when I see some people in the media gloating over the fact that a former president of the United States... Now has had his private home raided. And if you listen to some of the reports, some of the stuff that they took seems to be extremely broad. Some of it not marked classified. And according to Trump's attorneys, they say they handed in everything that was classified, that there was nothing classified left. And now President Trump is also saying that three of his passports were taken. Why would that be? I don't know how many passports he has. Maybe he only has three. But three of his passports. Why would you take three of someone's passports? To keep them in the country? What, are they afraid he's going to flee? I mean, that's kind of interesting. One of them apparently was expired, but President Trump says that three of them were taken. Would you take that because you believe he's a flight risk? I think, by the way, people would recognize if Donald Trump showed up at the airport Or at a bus station or wherever it is. You know, it's not like he can exactly hide anywhere. And where is he going? I mean, he's fighting this. He is saying this is an overreach. This is outrageous. And so when you hear all of these things and you hear that some of these items that were taken, not all of them were marked classified. Not even all of them were marked top secret. He's also suspecting that maybe some stuff was left behind, was planted. I mean, it's just this whole climate of uncertainty. I think for that reason, we should get more details from the search warrant. It was very broad. The list of items seized was still very sweeping, very broad. I think we should get more of that. And I think if you can't release all the details in the affidavit, which if you're in the middle of an investigation, there may be some sensitivities, clearly sources and methods, all that stuff. And specific contacts and people testifying and giving information before a grand jury and elsewhere. But you could still maybe give a paragraph or two. Because right now, it looks like, you know, like some stunning raid on a former president's home and very few answers. And the DOJ just wants us to believe, whoa, yeah, it was justified. Even though we can't really tell you anything about it, it was justified. I mean, that doesn't give Americans a lot of assurance and that is a scary place to be for American justice on so many levels. Let's go to your calls. Let's go to Phil in the Bronx. Line two. Phil, your thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Rita, another day, another another event. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's sad because the Democrats are so corrupt. They just do the way they do it. There's no explanation. There's no line of reasoning or logic for it. They, they just do what they do in this way. It's he, he, a travesty, of course. But, but the, the interesting- Phil, Phil, we're
3: losing you. We're losing you a little bit. But, I, you know, what I want to say, Phil, too, is that I would say the same thing. You guys know me. I would say the exact same thing if it was President Biden right now, because the idea that an American president could suddenly have his home raided, suddenly, and according to the president's reports, taken his passport, popped in there. I mean, there are so many questions about the fact that it was signed off on on a Friday around noon and they say it was urgent, but then they waited until Monday. So it really wasn't that urgent. And it basically said you can search for 19 days. That doesn't sound that urgent either. There's just too many unanswered questions. And not only does the former president deserve to know, the American public needs to know and needs to have faith in their justice system. We're going to have more after the break.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents "Back the Blue."
3: And in tonight's "Back the Blue," a powerful story out of East St. Louis, Illinois, where an East St. Louis man who was hit with a bullet in an artery in his arm is alive thanks to a female medic's quick action to stop the bleeding. Now, the man was shot last week and he actually drove himself to the East St. Louis Police Department and he came to the back door. And according to the commander there, he tried to let himself in, saying he'd been shot and needing help. Well, agents with the state's police safety group were upstairs and they heard the emergency radio broadcast when they reached the victim at the lower level. They said that he had lost an incredible amount of blood. One of the police agents is also a medic, and she went down there, grabbed her tourniquet, applied strong pressure, and stopped the bleeding and saved the man's life. Uh, The details about the crime that occurred for him to get shot are still unknown, and he is said to be recuperating at an area hospital. Wow, what a powerful story, and what a surprise with him actually showing up at the door of a police station. Meantime, we are talking about President Trump, because if you listen to some of the real far left leaning media, and that includes Morning Joe on MSNBC, they basically think that Trump is going to be in an orange jumpsuit and that all of his followers are just a bunch of dumbos. I mean, it's really insulting. Take a listen.
7: If you're out there and you believe those lies, right, even after they've been disproven, you're stupid. And you may want to call somebody uh to, to, to try to get in touch with a professional and see if you can be deprogrammed from the cult that you're now oh, in it takes, and it I, takes don't that, advantage I don't people. say that i don't say that with any any malice that
3: is unbelievable and talk about insulting, and yet someone far more credible, like Matt Whitaker, the former acting attorney general, had this to say. About the FBI raid, he said this was unbelievable and so over the top and people have a right to be skeptical. Take a listen.
2: If I was attorney general, I think the decision to raid a former president's home is the most grave decision that could be made. And I just don't see the exigent circumstances that require Mm -hmm. this step from a law enforcement perspective.
3: Yeah. Where are the steps? What led you to saying you had to do this? And remember, Garland said last week in his press conference, I thought the two most important lines, basically, or the most important line in his press conference was when he said, you know, when possible, we try to take the least intrusive steps. So raiding a former president's house with 30 agents is the least obtrusive step that you could come up with. Really? What did you do? What did you hear? What were you told to suggest that was the least obtrusive way possible? That almost seems like the definition of insanity. And this is what Matt Whitaker had to say about President Trump's new statement, where he said that the country needs to lower the temperature. uh, Otherwise, some dangerous things are going to happen. This is Matt Whitaker reacting to that.
2: The president's absolutely right. We need to lower the temperature across our country. Obviously, political violence is never appropriate, but I want to remind everyone that, you know, really... The FBI's extraordinary action here, unprecedented, never happened before in American history, is really what raised the temperature in the first place. And and I think many people, including myself, need to talk about how we need to lower the temperature. But I think transparency is what's going to lower the temperature. We need to understand how is the FBI going to process and how is the Department of Justice legally going to analyze things that could be attorney-client privilege things that could have maybe been declassified, and ultimately what were the mitigating steps so that when they executed a search warrant that that was the least intrusive means that they had available to them. There's more questions today probably than there has been in the last week.
3: Lots of questions today for sure. And also the current governor of Maryland, who is not a Trump fan. I mean, he's been one of President Trump's most vocal critics he even said that this raid is galvanizing Trump supporters and galvanizing the Republican Party around President Trump.
1: It was actually a, a, a win for Donald Trump. It seemed to motivate his base and people
2: rushing to his defense and uh, feeling as if he was being picked upon and martyred.
3: And also Kamala Harris finally had to chime in and give her two cents. We haven't heard anything from President Biden yet. Today he was looking for ice cream again, this time in Kiowa, not in Delaware, but he's in Kiowa Island in South Carolina. But here is what the Vice President Kamala Harris had to say when she was asked about it.
8: Well, as a former prosecutor, I will tell you, I don't speak about anybody else's case. (laughs) But I have full confidence that... The Department of Justice will do what the facts and the law require. And any so-called leader who engages in rhetoric um, that in any way suggests that, that law enforcement should be exposed to it, it's that kind of danger is irresponsible and can result in dangerous
3: activities. Yeah, like out of the blue, people should just go, oh, OK, no big deal. The former president of the United States has just has his home raided. No big deal. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan, line two. Stan, your thoughts, my friend.
9: Vice
8: President was absolutely correct being a former prosecutor, knows the situation. You don't talk, let the FBI do their job, and so forth. And, yes, the heat is on and so forth. Well, what did you expect? There was going to be heat anyway. That's nothing new, I mean, when this was done. But uh, let's also remember something. The FBI will be looking at all of these documents, all of them. You want immediate answers. So does everybody else. You're not going to get immediate answers. You want to know this, you want to know that. So do the senators, so do this and that. They will act when it is absolutely necessary and when they have all the information. They're not going to speak in advance of anything. They're not going to do anything in advance. Once they know anything, and I said this to you before, they will say, you know, President, uh, ex-President Trump, there was nothing here that we saw that was anyway so-and-so about it, and that would end the subject. And, of course, he would look good. But then again, there's the other side about the possibility of there being documents there that he shouldn't have had or is too top secret to even have in a president's uh, locker. So we will see what there is to see. All the people on this program will talk and say this, make comments. Don't know anything, even the great Rita Cosby. You don't know, either do I. So let's wait and see. Try to be a little bit more respectful of the FBI. Oh, and and
3: Stan, I'm very respectful. Stan, hang on. I'm very respectful, actually, of the FBI, but I do think the DOJ has absolutely had a history of politicization, sadly. Um, I know some great people that are at the DOJ. I know some great people are at the FBI, uh, and I think 99% are great folks. But I do think there's a politicization, and this is not like every other case, too. That's the other thing, Stan. That's why I think there maybe is something where you could put something out redacted. Did you hear what I just said, Stan? I think that is actually because when you're dealing with a former president, it rises to a whole new level. It's not just another citizen. And I think for that reason, and because tensions are high, put something out. It could be heavily redacted. Put out a paragraph or two. Um, I don't really have a problem with that. And by the way, the DOJ is talking about tonight, Stan. I just heard a little bit ago about maybe releasing more of the search warrant and maybe more of some of the items seized, maybe just to give some other details out. Um, what are your thoughts about that, Stan?
8: Yesterday, that uh, you mentioned that in these cases, sometimes they take items that were given to them as gifts and uh, they may have a memo on Roger Stone. Who cares about Roger Stone? The point is what did he have that was extremely top secret nuclear information and so and so that 's what they want to know that 's the other thing is this: the man has a history of lying okay now they know that, so they've got to make sure what 's in these boxes okay there 's a history here we don 't i 'm not making it up, so the problem is they have to go through it. You may be right, maybe they 'll issue a little something, but overall, they will act professionally, and give the information when they feel it's necessary, not when the news or Fox or anybody else thinks it's necessary.
3: Well, let's hope we get it soon, because I think there are so many unanswered questions. Stan, thank you. Always love your calls, my friend. Let's go to J.C. in Pennsylvania. J.C., line five. Go ahead, J.C.
9: First of all, a president's always a president. He's never an ex-president. We don't say ex-president Obama, ex-president Bush. It's president. I agree, by the way.
3: I agree. I hear
9: you. Yeah. It's reverence. Number one, the basics. Let's go to the basics, okay? This country is, this is America, okay? It's not China. It's not Nazi Germany. It's not Russia. So when you serve a warrant, especially as somebody so important, okay, and, and revered, you need to have some sort of, uh presentation to the american people not because they just want it you owe it to them otherwise this is nazi germany this well is germany. and you heard
3: what i said jc that there is a higher level when you are dealing with the president of the united states uh this is not like you know all things being equal there needs to be answers and i i would say the exact same thing by the way If it was President Biden or Obama or Clinton or any of those guys, because you got to absolutely get the word out. I mean, you have to at least give some answers. You can't have one group. You can't have 74 million plus people feeling like their votes don't matter and their opinions don't matter. And then the other sides out there going, oh, God, you know, why would you support this? I mean, to me, it's unbelievable that, like, the diminishment and the way that they have been degrading Trump supporters and the way they've been degrading this president, it's like, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot, they would go crazy. And that's what I can't stand. I can't stand these double standards. Go ahead, J.C. You
9: know what, Rita? Here's the thing too, okay. You have the media that that moron who just uh wants to send everybody that's a trump uh follower to a psychiatrist or whatever he said uh Schiff uh stephen Colbert bear all these people are very, very evil, so mm-hmm. these are the people who are going to complain that that Uh, about the people who are threatening the FBI, but they are the ones that are bringing everybody to the precipice. When the people get to the precipice, you cannot control them. You need to be out of control. So Trump is right, and Whitaker is right, that we have to calm it down. But we have to calm it down from the source of the media that's burning they're putting the oil and the gasoline on the fire and they are causing it now there was an interesting point a lawyer was on bill o'reilly i don't know if you heard it earlier and he said that the what they're supposed to do is send a a taint crew in first yes and right so yeah, or or
3: sometimes by the way sometimes they do it first well they they do it after the documents are taken and apparently that is probably being enacted, we would assume, but that could take months before they decide what's in, what's out, what's not in, what's what's redacted, what's not redacted, what can be looked at. The problem with all of that, J.C., mm-hmm. Is that, Yes, it's conjecture. It's very subjective as to what they decide to keep in and out. And also, once you see something, even mm-hmm. if later it turns out that that's not what's supposed to be seen, apparently, according to President Trump, there's attorney-client privilege material in there. I mean, and his passport and some other stuff, like, what would they have to do with attorney-client privilege? I mean, this to me is really stunning. So you're going to tell me that these guys, who a lot of them have already shown a political proclivity, are going to look at these documents and then they're going to decide, oh, no, that top secret document that showed Trump's inner conversations with his attorneys can't be in. And I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I don't believe that for a second. Do you, JC? And
9: that's sad. There's parameters that they, they're supposed to stay within. So if you don't know why they went in, we don't know if they stayed within the parameters or not. Right. And all what, what, what Schiff is saying, well, you know, if he did this, uh, he's going to be guilty and this and that. This is all conjecture. You cannot state that. Let it, let it unfold. I agree with Stan on that part. you got to let it unfold. Right. Right. But we also
3: do need some details as to know why you can't it can't be like, you know, okay, in 2024, we're going to find out. And the reason is also we're now 85 days away, basically, from the midterms. I
9: mean, this is the heat of political season. I mean, that's that's outrageous. That's the other reason why the Democrats, the DOJ and the administration, they really have to come out with something. Otherwise, they're really going to kill themselves in November. Now, the reason why. Uh, Merrick Garland did this. First of all, Merrick, Merrick Gar- Garland is a coward. Did you see him in front of the Senate Oversight commi- Committee when they were asking him all of these questions? I don't remember on what topic it was, but he, he is so he coward. Now, this is his place here. He thinks that now that he, he enacted this, that he is going to be the big shot and the big guy to take Trump down he, he is totally inflated in his brain because this is going to bring him down. It's going to bring the Democrats down. And this is going to be a backlash on them. And this is going to be the worst thing for them in the November primary. And, by, mean, the way, uh, and by the like, way,
3: there are people um, already calling for, you know, Garland to be impeached. I mean, there there are already people who are just saying this is outrageous. JC, always love hearing from you, my friend. Great to hear from you. Thanks so much. Uh, let's go to Teddy on line one. Teddy, your thoughts?
10: Yeah, thanks for taking me. I didn't think I thought of being I was being blackballed because I represent the other side.
3: Never, never. I love hearing from everybody. So, but I'm glad you called in, Ted. Go ahead.
10: Okay, I want to correct uh, one thing. Your first caller said that 87,000 people at the IRS that they're going to hire are going to go after the middle and lower class people. Number one, they're not all going to be agents. They're going to be staff that will be answering the phones and being more helpful to the taxpayers, okay? That's an incorrect statement that she said. All right, number two, dealing the the attorney general has – is under no obligation to release anything like what you just said. That they should release a paragraph. They're under no obligation by law right, to no, release Ted, anything you're right. that is Ted. pertinent to the investigation. Ted, they're they not. Ted, no Ted, Woo, Ted, hang I mean, on, hang on. Voice? Ted, Ted,
3: Ted, hang on. I agree. They're not under any obligation. But given the fact that it is a former president. I think it would be a good idea, and they have discretion to be able to do it in a redacted form. I actually understand if you're doing an investigation where you can't put everything out there for sure, um, even though I think it would be a good idea for the American public, but to even have some redacted. I just think given the extreme circumstances of a former president, that's where I'm going, Ted, because this is not a normal case. You You have to agree with me on that. It's not a normal situation.
10: Agree with you on that point, but let me ask you this also. I haven't heard you. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't heard you condemn or talk about the incident in Cincinnati, I believe it was, where that guy went and tried to go into the FBI office and uh, caught, and try to kill people. Oh yeah,
3: no, FBI... no, no. I did. I I said it was terrible, and in fact, at the top of the show, Teddy, I said that tensions are getting high, and that even the FBI had to put out basically an email to all of their staff, uh, and also I think at DOJ as well, basically telling them to be careful, and that's outrageous. I mean, I think any targeting of the FBI or DOJ is just horrible. I mean, I think it's okay for people to ask questions. That's America, and I think there's certainly a lot of questions here. But to have any threats against FBI agents and DOJ, anybody is obviously completely wrong. And I actually, off the top, condemned any action, any violence, or any threats Against them, um, because I think that's preposterous, Teddy. I think people do deserve some answers, especially the former president um, and I think the public. And I think there's a way to do it with minor redactions. But you're right. It, people can't get so heated that they're doing threats, including that horrible attack uh, that looks like it was you know, somehow related. They're not sure, but it was in Cincinnati and it was obviously at an FBI location. Things are getting heated and that's not a good thing. I'm sure you agree with me on that, Ted, real quick.
10: One last thing: After the uh, invasion of the of the home of Trump, people were calling to defund the FBI. Marjorie Taylor Greene and company, defund the FBI, and to attack the FBI. And this is what's coming from the Republican side. I didn't hear you say anything about the Republicans using that type of language against federal law enforcement. Oh, I don't like
2: that,
3: Ted. I agree with you on that. I do not like that. I think that that's out of hand. And I think we all have to have cooler heads prevail. And listen, President Trump put out a statement tonight saying the same thing. Um, his statement, and again, I'll read it to you, Ted, because I think it's important and I'm glad that he put it out. Um, and I hope that President Biden put something similar out because we're waiting for him to give some sort of statement. But he says whatever we can do to help because the temperature has to be brought down in this country. If it isn't, terrible things are going to happen. So I applaud President Trump for saying that. And I hope that President Biden, I hope everybody says the same thing. I agree with you. I hate that kind of rhetoric. Um So I agree with you on that, Ted. We're finding agreement tonight, Ted. Thank okay, you very
10: much. Nice you th- took my call.
3: Your, thanks, Ted. Good to hear from you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
3: by the way, everybody, in the next hour on the show, uh, we're going to continue talking about this hot topic. And we will also talk about the disastrous withdrawal of Afghanistan. Can you believe it's been the one-year anniversary? And Putin, of course, is watching. China is watching. The world is watching. And they saw what happened when, remember, all those Afghans were chasing after the plane And by the way, there's still a lot of our U.S. allies that are stuck in Afghanistan, and it makes me sick that when I look at Afghanistan today, women don't have any rights. By the way, they can't play music in public. Women can't go to school there. They can't go out without their heads covered. They are basically, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like caveman style basically there. And, in fact, the Taliban actually has also threatened, basically, the president of the United States, saying, how could you take out Ayman al-Zawari, the leader of al-Qaeda, in our country and not tell us? We had no idea Like he was hanging out in a house right there on the porch every day with his family, right in downtown Kabul. What a surprise, 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 if anybody believes that. Uh, I got a bridge to sell you. Well, coming up. In the next hour, we are going to talk to Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. He is head of the London Center. And Tony, uh, of course, was a national security advisor with President Trump, also uh, just a great person on intel. And I can't wait to get his perspective of what are the lessons. Now, here we are one year later. And boy, the Taliban has totally taken over and sadly Uh, Those that wish to do America harm have clearly taken us over, taken over that country, because I'm in Al Zawari hanging out. There's also ISIS-K. There are all these groups there in Afghanistan, and we just left it high and dry. When we come back, we're going to talk with Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, get his take, and then I'll also continue calls with you guys on the Trump issue with the raid president trump saying again tonight that three of his passports were taken including one that he says was expired but the other two were good why are they taking his passports do they think he's a flight risk are you kidding the former president of the united states
10: Uno. He's your numero Uno. It's the Rita Cosby Show.
7: I know your name is Rita. Your
3: and later on in the Rita Cosby Show, I'm going to continue your calls about President Trump. And of course the raid, and so many questions tonight. Why did they take President Trump's three passports, if indeed that's correct? Why did they take attorney-client privilege information? So many questions tonight, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit here on the show. Meantime, this is also the one-year anniversary of what I think was the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan, leaving the Taliban in control of that country. And nothing, you know, you don't even need to say any more than basically the fact that the leader of al-Qaeda was hanging out in a house in Kabul on the porch, just having a good old time, not even really in hiding, and hanging out with other terrorists. It is a terrorist haven now, and that is what a chaotic withdrawal does and that is disastrous, not just for Afghanistan, but it's disastrous, more importantly, for the world, uh, because now it is a hornet's nest of terrorism. And already also we're getting reports that women can't go out. There's also a new report that just came out a little bit ago. This is stunning, that 97 percent of that entire country is in the risk of facing poverty and that nobody really wants to give them foreign aid. Because the country is so isolated, they don't want to have anything to do with the outside world. The outside world doesn't want to give any money to the Taliban because they know where that's going to go. They're not even also educating young kids. Uh, Girls are not allowed to go to school. You can't play music. Uh, They're back to the old caveman style of justice. And that is a frightening place to be, especially vis-a-vis terrorism. And who could forget? A year ago, remember when President Biden said this bunch of hogwash? Take a listen. The Taliban takeover of Afghanistan
7: now inevitable?
9: No, but the likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely.
7: Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true.
9: They clearly have the capacity. To sustain the government. Do
7: you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling...
9: With None whatsoever. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan.
3: Oh, there's no indication they're going to take over. They were taking over as the U.S. was withdrawing. And sadly, remember that strike at the Abbey Gate that claimed more than a dozen U.S. servicemen and women? We still don't know who's responsible for that. Remember, Afghan, the Taliban were supposed to be helping with security on that one. And this is what John Kirby also said. This is, of course, uh, the spokesman at the time was the Pentagon spokesman. And he was just towing the old Biden company line back then. This is Cut 41. Take a listen, John Kirby. But there's no intention right now to
7: close the embassy or to close all the diplomatic presence uh, in Kabul. We still want to be able to have that uh, in, in place. And as Clar- Clarissa reported uh, just a few minutes ago, the situation in Kabul is calm right now. Yes, there's unease. Yes, there's uncertainty.
3: And we understand that. And General Jack Keen says this may have been one of the biggest mistakes in American foreign policy history. Take a listen.
1: I mean, it's a year later, and it's still hard to fathom, you know, what we actually did here. The president made uh, what was a huge strategic error, in my judgment, in declaring an unconditional withdrawal with a date certain in Afghanistan, which turned out to be an unconditional surrender. And now we have the Taliban in charge doing what they were doing 20-plus years ago, and that is providing sanctuary to the al-Qaeda.
3: And the evidence again is just two weeks ago, that drone strike by Ayman al-Zawari taking him out. Thank goodness. And the Taliban today, I, I just I had just a churning in my stomach watching the Taliban leader say, oh, I can't believe U.S. that they stepped into sovereign territory and Biden should know better. Uh, I mean, this is unbelievable. This is the mindset. And, again, we left billions upon billions of dollars worth of U.S. equipment there. Think about it. I've always said this. Imagine if we had brought that equipment over to Ukraine, how much that could have helped Zelensky, especially at the start of the war. Given even a quarter of it, it would have helped him tremendously. I mean, this to me is stunning. and We never knew the answers as to why we left All of that equipment there to go right into the hands of the Taliban. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this as someone who knows intelligence very well, former Intel officer, also great Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. He's head of the London Center for Policy Research, also was a national security advisor, part of the team for President Trump. Uh, Tony, great to have you here. And I can't believe it's been a year. What are your thoughts Especially given the fact that the Taliban has really taken over that country, some of the images and reports I saw today, Tony, it's like it's gone like backwards. Like, like it's really heartbreaking to see.
0: It is, and thanks for having me, Rita. And uh, uh, to Jack Keen's point, uh, uh, you know, I've spoken to Jack about this, and he and I disagree on certain points. With that said, uh, one of them I disagree with is this was an error. This was not an error, President. Biden made the choice to put us down this path. And think about this. Not a single person who was involved in exercising, executing, planning, anything was fired. So if 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 you don't fire people, you endorse their actions and thereby underwrite what happened. So this was not accidental. I think this was meant to have the effect it did. And Biden left on the ground the fourth largest ground force In the world. Think about that. Just all the equipment. And to your point, it could be used for any number of purposes that would be useful to our security interests, not the Pakistan's or the now Taliban government in charge of all of it. And to your point regarding the social engineering, while I didn't agree with it, I still don't think we should have stayed there trying to build, (laughs) turn uh, Kabul into uh, Minot, North Dakota. Once the investment's made, the investment's made. And all the investments in schools and trying to create paths for women to be educated, it's all gone. And either no matter if you agree or disagree with the policy of doing it, the fact it was done was an investment, and that investment's been squandered. And, uh, Rita, to, that, to one of the more horrendous things I've heard is when women were protesting just a few days ago on the streets of Kabul, uh, they were shot at. They were physically uh, shot by the Taliban. So oh. – uh, all the all the worst case things you can think of has happened, and uh, the the issue of terror safe haven was what we went in there to fix. Uh, Twenty years ago, uh, you you, uh, you and I have spoken before about my book Operation Dark Heart. What we couldn't talk about at the time when it was published ten years ago was the fact that Zawahiri was the target, and the Obama White House didn't want us talking about the fact that we had as early as 2003 a clear shot. To take him out, and we could have and should have back then. Uh, otherwise, we stuck. We were stuck there for 20 years. Now, finally, uh, taking out the last terrorist that was on the list of, of uh, individuals who were authorized for us to kill or capture as part of the original 2001 authorized use of military force. But uh, right now, it's a it's a mess. Uh, ISIS and Al Qaeda are, are both battling for dominance within the region to be able to. Uh, establish themselves as the premier uh, terrorist organization in the world, Islamic terrorist organization. And uh, that's the path we're on right now. And and there's really no solution. There's no intention to change it. And it's all because this was Joe Biden's policy decision.
3: How much do you think the world has been watching this to Tony? Because I think about so many things going on in the world and everybody we're talking to Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, head of the great London Center for Policy Research. You know, Tony, I look at, like, Vladimir Putin. I look at President Xi in China with everything going on. They're watching it, and they're going, oh, God, he just kind of haphazardly did this. Um, It emboldens the bad guys. It emboldens Iran, who uh, I don't understand, but Biden's still trying to negotiate with.
0: No, look, we've seen Iran threaten uh, both Mike Pompeo and and, uh, John Bolton and President Trump uh, openly. Uh, we've seen an Islamic attack on uh, Salman Rushdie uh, just a few days ago by an a, a Iranian. Uh, I would argue these things are happening because Iran feels emboldened. Uh, China, I think, is is preparing for uh, a full-blown effort, a campaign to take Taiwan, take control of Taiwan by next year. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I think it's going to happen next year into 2024. Uh, because they're going to want to do it while Biden is still president, because they're counting. The Chinese PRC are counting on the fact that while we have military capacity, we will probably not use it uh, to stop uh, their taking Taiwan because Joe Biden is simply too weak, too incompetent, and uh, frankly, probably bought off via Hunter to basically do nothing should the Chinese choose to do something.
3: You know what I think about, too, um, in regards to Afghanistan, Tony Schaefer, is that I was hearing a report and you would know this so well, Tony, cause you're, you're so piped in and, and have such great, uh, contacts there on the ground that there are obviously still a lot of U.S. allies that are still there. They're still waiting for special right. immigrant visas. Here it is a year later. Right. And all I think about is we've got a wide open southern border. Like they're like, it's like a big old neon sign in the southern border. But these people who are literally at. Talk about people that deserve to be in this country who, like, you know, put their lives on their line and their families' lives on the line. And if they're found out by the Taliban, they're executed. There's no gray. I mean, right. especially right now, there's no repercussions. They can just kind of do what they want because it was left so haphazardly. I, it's astounding to right. me. Is that correct that there are still so many that are trying to get to this country? Why are we not giving them access? What, should we just tell them to go to the southern border and walk across like everybody else?
0: Well, pretty much probably their best bet, unfortunately. But, yes, uh, I get two reports every day from, from my intelligence and, and local staff. One is on what's going on in Afghanistan. And, yes, there are people still waiting who are either uh, uh, Afghan nationals or third country nationals who were supporting our efforts still stuck in Afghanistan trying to get out before. And, obviously, Taliban will either kill or put them in prison if they're captured. So this has to be done very carefully. It's still ongoing a year later, and it's gonna go on for a while. And there's, and Washington, the State Department has refused to do anything to help, even though the Biden administration is the most directly responsible for their being stuck there. And again, uh, you know, this is another reason you don't see him taking a lot of uh, victory laps about uh, the Zawahiri murder uh, assassination. Uh, Rita, they don't want to draw any attention to the fact that they abandoned people in Afghanistan. And again, you have to look deeper into this. Why they did this? Why Why did they do this? And and the, the answer is, I think Biden, again, has deferred uh, the, the area there to the Chinese. The Chinese have great interests there regarding lithium, uh, copper, all these other things. So I think in many ways he may have deferred and given up on Afghanistan. So our some of these bad-guy nations we've been talking about will have dominance there. So we've always wow. got to look a layer deeper. And I think Biden is completely compromised, and that's why they don't want people – that they don't want us there because these other countries don't want us there because they're going to do business and take the resources.
3: What about the fact that this $83 billion worth of equipment, as you so aptly described, is the fourth largest ground force in the world, um, Why? Yeah. What, what do you think was the reason it's left behind? I can never – Figure that out, Tony. And all I could think about in my mind is, first of all, why in God's earth would you ever leave that kind of equipment in the hands of, you know, evildoers like this? Was there a payoff? Was that the payoff that we're going to give you X amount of equipment? Because why the heck else? Why didn't you load it up on at least some of it on a C-130, a couple C-130s, you know?
0: Yeah, this is payment to Pakistan. So, you know, the, the Taliban did not have sufficient uh, uh, tr- sufficiently trained individuals to be able to use that gear. So it's being sold. So uh, we knew this for when they were deploying it all. So we, uh, uh, Walter, jo- Representative Walter Jones, the late Walter Jones, and uh, Jim McGovern, uh, Representative McGovern, asked me to put together uh, 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 an assessment of Afghanistan back about 2012. And so we recruited Tony Zinni, Journal Tony Zinni, to yep. go over and do an assessment. And his assessment, uh, while well, not classified, it's never been released, basically said if you gave the word today, it would take 10 years to get all of our gear out, 10 years. And so instead of actually taking it seriously, Rita, and understanding that, hey, you send stuff in there, it's going to take time to get it out, Biden just decided, nah, I, I just don't care anymore. I'm dumping it all. And and we're talking about literally 21st century weapon systems, uh, uh, some of the, which are not quite our best, but near nearly our best, and our adversaries will learn a lot about. And they'll be used on battlefields all over the world, probably against us. <sighs> and this was all, again, a policy decision made by Joe Biden. Others recommended against it. I know a number of senior officers who fought against it, and they lost. And – uh Uh, Many of some of them retired. Some of them just walked away because obviously their voices were no longer welcome in an administration that has no ability to understand objective reality and the damage that bad political decisions make on the battlefield.
3: Right. And we know also, by the way, Tony, as you know, um, when they testified, some of the generals uh, that did stay on, even Milley and some of the others uh, conceded that they told Biden to keep Bagram. Remember, don't don't abandon Bagram. Don't do this. Right. And yet he decided, right. let's go anyway, you know? I mean it it's it's astounding and it's heartbreaking to see where the country is now um and a big national security threat for us and for the rest of the world. Uh Tony, great right. to always get your perspective. Um the great uh Tony Schaefer, Lieutenant Colonel, head of the London Center for Policy Research. Thank you, Tony, so much.
9: Yeah. Thank you, Rhea.
3: Thank you, Tony. And when we come back, everybody, we're gonna take your calls. Boy, a year later since that disastrous withdrawal. And Tony's right. You know, it's interesting. He was saying this administration really hasn't been going around touting the death of al-Zawahiri. It's interesting. They get the guy who's head of al-Qaeda, and he's there in Kabul, and that's a big get, you know, striking him out. And yet they don't go around talking about it because it would bring attention directly to everything in Afghanistan. It would remind everybody about this disastrous withdrawal. And here it is a year later, and it is now a hornet's nest for terrorism around the world. Boy, was this one of the biggest foreign policy debacles ever. We're going to continue with your calls on this real quick, you guys. one 800
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
3: And you are listening to the Rita Cosby show and they are celebrating and I'm talking about the Taliban firing weapons in the air, by the way, probably U.S. weapons. They're riding around in U.S. trucks and U.S. tanks and they are celebrating because it is now one year since they got rid of Americans in their country. And that's what they look at it. They look at it as a big, big celebration. Meantime, it is a hornet's nest for terrorism and certainly a huge blemish on American foreign policy. And it's so bad, the withdrawal, that even Craig Whitlock of The Washington Post, not necessarily a conservative publication, had this to say. You
2: know, Jonathan, a year later, I think the, the American people are still really trying to come to grips with this idea that they lost the war to the Taliban. This is the longest armed conflict in the United States history. And I think people are so haunted by those images of our withdrawal Uh, by the U.S. military planes trying to evacuate people a year ago. And this is is a very painful moment in U.S. history. And our political leaders really haven't come to grips with it either. As you know, the U.S. Congress several months ago uh, approved the creation of a commission to try and figure out what happened in Afghanistan, what went wrong, not just at the end, and certainly the Biden administration owns the failures of the evacuation.
3: Again, that's the highly conservative publication, Washington Post. <laughs> I'm being facetious because it's so transparent that it was uh, just an utter disaster. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry uh, in Brooklyn, line four. Go ahead, Larry.
6: Yeah. Um, hi, Rita. Um- you know, this is an example. I these generals I don't believe that believe that they're very politically sophisticated. They know military policy, but, but politically, this smacks of this is evidence to me of a shadow government. You started off the clip with the press uh, conference where Biden said uh, he denied the fact that the Taliban was in a position to take over. In fact, fact, he said the opposite, but the reality on the ground was the opposite. So I think there was a shadow government keeping Biden in the dark that had a purpose, and they wanted to to deliver everything into the hands of the Taliban, the government, and the weapon systems. I suspect Obama— and I'll tell you why, because, you know, there's a lot of rumors Obama was a Muslim. But while he was president, even for eight years, he was unable to do the things he really wanted to do because there was so much focus on him. Now, um, you know, he killed a lot of terrorists with drones, I think about 200.
3: Yeah, he did. I think but, he did and, that. And, but, Larry, I got to interrupt you on one thing, because yeah. I, because I hear where you're going. And by the way, I do think. This president is definitely kept in the dark or or out to lunch mentally, whichever, however you want to phrase it. But it's so obvious what was going on in Afghanistan. I mean, the fact that the Taliban was running the roost, anybody who was there and I have talked to and I was in Afghanistan years ago. I went over as a journalist um, and I've talked to people who have been over there, you know, soon before the pullout. And they were like, it's going to collapse within days. I mean, it didn't take a rocket scientist for them to figure it out. So I feel like, you know, either he was kept in the dark or stupid. But do you know what I mean? How could you not see that? I'm saying by President Biden's standards. Go ahead real quick, Larry.
6: He's not as stupid as people want to say. I mean, the point of the matter is, is that that the, the, the president bailed out at the last minute. And uh, it's it's, you know, It's hard to assess the exact state. These people collapsed in a state of fear when they saw the Taliban coming. We can't apprehend their state of fear. These these Taliban are barbarians. I know. And, Larry, by the way,
3: Larry, that is why I'm so worried, too, because, you know, leaving the Taliban in control of that country with U.S. allies and people who are helping us, that's a dangerous place to be.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show. Cosby show presents support our heroes.
3: And in tonight's support our heroes segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby show, where we honor our great military men and women. And of course their families, a powerful story coming from Du Bois, Wyoming. It was the third annual fly-in and community aviation day. It happened last weekend, providing community members with the opportunity to check out a variety of American aircraft up close, chat with some of the legendary pilots who flew them and a lot more. And the opening ceremony celebrated Navy veteran Mac McHilney with a proclamation and, and presentation of a special jacket. Now, Mac was a Navy lieutenant and commander, and he served as a night fighter pilot in three wars. Imagine this, World War II, Korean War, and in Vietnam. He also received a distinguished flying cross for his exemplary service in the Korean War. And they also said in the proclamation that they recognize that Mac will be celebrating, get this, his 100th birthday on August 20th, that's coming up very soon, and called upon the community to honor him with great respect, which I'm sure they are happy to do. And how beautiful to see that community and America honoring our great World War II heroes. Well, because of their fight for freedom and their fight for democracy, I think it is so important that we look at justice being equal for all. And that's why I look at what happened with President Trump and the raid as just absolutely over the top. And there's still so many unanswered questions. And there's a lot of emotion riding high, even though Trump tonight is saying, listen, everybody, cool things. Things are going to get dangerous if tensions don't get calmed down. I'm happy to see that he is saying that because, boy, is that important right now. Everybody should be saying that. But still, why are we getting answers Why are we finding out that in the last few hours, according to President Trump, that they may have taken documents that were attorney-client privilege, and they may have also taken three of his passports? That's according to President Trump. There are reports from, I think it's Nora O'Donnell of CBS, basically saying that the FBI is saying they didn't take the passports, but Trump is saying, yeah, they did. And why is that? Why would you take the president of the United States passport? You think he's going to be able to, like, put on a wig and, like, slip out, what, across the southern border? Maybe he could. Over there he could. Anybody could slip out, slip in or out. Maybe they'll get you on the Mexican side. They seem to care about security more there than this way in. But still, what a mess. And why are we not getting answers? So I can understand why there are tons of frustrations and tons of questions. And this is what Lauren Boebert, Congresswoman from Colorado, had to say. This is
4: Gestapo crap, and it will not stand.
3: So how do you really feel, Congresswoman Boebert? Wow, she doesn't mince any words. And this is what Corinne John pierre of course, she is the White House press secretary. She was asked about it this week, on the weekend, on this week, ABC This Week. You know, the show there, the big Sunday show. And I couldn't believe she said this. When I heard this, I thought, you have got to be kidding me. This has been the party line that the White House has said, as if... It's like, oh, we have no idea. We were just we just played the comment about Biden during Afghanistan. It was like, oh, there's no way that the Taliban will take over. You're never going to see anybody evacuating from the embassies. And now it's like, no, President Biden had no clue about the raid of his arch nemesis, the former president of the United States. This to me is such a bunch of hogwash. But take a listen to what she had to say.
6: President Biden's not been briefed about anything. Not of this.
3: been briefed. We have not interviewed. Not
6: discussed it at all. Not, not discussed. Uh, we have.
4: I'm going to tell you, Jonathan, yeah. we have learned about all of this the same way the American people have learned about okay. this. Through public reports, through you, your reporting, and every every other reporter who has talked about this. That's how we have
9: learned about, about right, what let, is let, happening. Let me t-
3: Oh, yeah, we had zero idea. It's just that we appointed Merrick Garland. And now there's a report, by the way, in the Wall Street Journal tonight that just came out about an hour ago that says that Garland was mulling this for weeks, the raid, that he was talking to FBI and many other people. But somehow none of this ever got leaked to the White House. Wow. It's only like a quarter of a mile away. And about a one-second phone call from anybody there at DOJ, you have got to be kidding me. Of course, they would never say that publicly, but I don't believe that for one second. There is no way, given the history of this DOJ and the way that President Biden has just gone after President Trump, every single thing is Trump, 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 ultra-maga, ultra-maga. Now suddenly Trump gets, you know, the raid on his compound. He's like, oh, I don't know anything about Trump. You know, it's like suddenly he knows nothing. It's unbelievable. And this is what Mark Levin, of course, great radio host, but also a great constitutional scholar, had to say because he said it's not just a message of overreaching against President Trump. It's a message, he says, of overreaching to all
6: Americans. What took place at Mar-a-Lago, let me be very, very clear, is a message being sent to all Americans that the ruling class is in revolt. That they need to take down Trump, two phony impeachments, a phony criminal investigation, a phony investigation in Albany, New York, a phony investigation in Fulton County, Georgia, a January 6th unconstitutional committee, a U.S. attorney with ties to Obama, completely rogue and out of control. That's what's going on. The ruling class is saying you will listen to us. We will rule over you. We want conformity. You're not to speak against us. You're not to protest against us. And by God, you're not to vote against us. And if we can crush Donald Trump, we will send a message that we can crush each and every one of you. That's what took place at Mar-a-Lago.
3: Wow. And this is what Greg Jarrett, also of Fox News, had to say, the legal analyst. He said there was just one simple step they could have done. They did not have to go in with guns blazing 30 Agents, FBI agents, suddenly showing up at the compound, and Garland actually made it sound like that was the low key approach. Can you imagine what would be the uh, the uh, the high profile approach? Five hundred of them, you know. I mean, my goodness.
6: Take a listen. What struck me about Merrick Garland is that he unwittingly undermined his own argument. For an intrusive search warrant, he stood there in front of cameras and he he said, it's our standard practice to use the least intrusive method. Well, that's a subpoena. And in fact, the DOJ and the FBI gave Trump a subpoena in early June. He complied fully with it, giving them what they wanted. So if they wanted additional documents, all they had to do was hand him another subpoena. They didn't do that. They undertook a raid. And Gray
3: Jarrett says, basically, this is just one big lie, that it's basically a pretext to just go in and try to get evidence about Trump, whether it's related to January 6th or something else. And again, according to President Trump a few hours ago, saying, first off, that the affidavit should be sealed. The DOJ is saying that the affidavit, that's what's used to justify the search warrant, will not be released. They said they will not do it, that they normally don't do it but that they might consider releasing some more nuggets from some of the paperwork. But Trump is saying, listen, um, you have documents that are attorney-client privilege. You have no reason to be getting them. So how are you going to undo that? You know, even if they say, oh, well, we shouldn't look at these. Oh, these, let's read through these. Oh, these are attorney-client privilege. Oh, we'll put them over in this pile. And you're telling me that they're just going to ignore whatever is in that information, whatever's in there? Suddenly to have a president and his attorney's documents being looked at, that is preposterous. And if indeed they did take the three passports, as President Trump also claims, that is outrageous too. This is the President of the United States. They treat drug dealers better than this. I mean, that's the thing that's stunning. They treat drug dealers better than this. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let's go to David on Line 8 in New Jersey. Go ahead, David. Your thoughts. Hey, David, you're really faint. You're really faint.
7: Here I am. Can you hear me now? Yep, I hear
3: you now. Go ahead, David. Okay. Okay. Um, The whole thing is just
7: something else. That's the best I can say. But my question is, so... David, stay close to the phone. Stay close to the phone. Okay. My my question was that President Trump was denied the daily presidential briefing as courtesy they give all the other presidents. So that would mean that his Margo Largo... You know, the place in Florida was not a secure place. So those documents, they have they expired. They were matured. They have, you know, the chain of custody and all that other stuff. So that's my comment. That's all. No,
10: great you know, point. He was,
7: he was, he was, great
3: point. But yeah, you know, yeah. the thing is, David, though, he claimed that, according through his attorneys, they said there was nothing there that was not declassified, that everything that was classified was handed over to the National Archives. And th- that always happens all the time, where presidents take – documents that are supposed to be you know you know that are not supposed to be theirs and they give them back and they don't realize sometimes things are get mixed up or whatever because when they move out there's a whole bunch of stuff other people move the boxes this happens under ever every presidency every single presidency and trump's attorneys are maintaining that there's nothing there that wasn't declassified that he declassified them And the president has the right to declassify them while he is president at any time. So did he technically declassify them? Can he prove that they were declassified, that he had a process for declassifying, uh, that somebody else knows the same process? I mean, there's some things that he could do to prove that, yes, they were declassified. And if that's the case, then maybe they had no reason to even go in on the warrant. So that opens up a huge, huge can of worms. Uh, Let's go to Robert in Philly, Line 6. Robert, your thoughts.
7: Um, Rita, I I just wanted to say real quick before I get to my point that if there was anything of consequence in Mar-a-Lago that they could use, they would have tried. It would have been on MSNBC right now, okay? So they don't have anything, again, after six years. But I want to thank you for having them comedic clowns, Stan and Teddy, on on a nightly basis. I like it when you do one after the other, too, because that's a continuous laugh. I've never seen such hypocrites. Stan supports criminals, known criminals, Hillary and Joe and Hunter, and he's obsessed with Trump. Teddy is angry and apparently a little idiotic and insists that you denounce what happened in Cincinnati, even though we don't know, did he denounce the attempt of assassination on Kavanaugh? No, they are hypocrites. And when the pendulum swings the other way, I want to, Listen to them voice that support for the FBI like they are now, because their time will come. And we're not going to get angry and do anything crazy. We don't have to. Elections are around the corner. We'll keep our powder dry, and we'll do the right thing. And I want to hear Stan call and back up the FBI when Hillary gets perp-walked. I can't stand him. Have a great night, though, Rita.
3: All right, Robert. Well, I love your passion, my friend. And you're right. Listen, by the way, I love hearing everybody on the show and I always believe there's a lot of places right now which are canceling people or not allowing certain places to speak. I always believe that the show is just a great town hall and it's a forum for everybody to speak. I may not agree, uh, but I always love to hear from everybody. And Robert, you're terrific. I always, always love your calls. Let's go to Norman, line five. Norman, your thoughts. Um, first off, about the fact that Trump is saying those documents that are attorney-client privilege.
4: Well, I, I I think we have to wait this out. Uh, I trust President Trump, so um, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I but, think but Norm, good that but President- Norm,
3: Norm, that is preposterous. Sure. I'm just going to say to you that I not I'm not sure. saying you. I'm saying the fact that they have a president's anybody. Any citizen of the United States, you're not supposed to be going in and seizing their correspondence with their attorney. That is a privileged communication. So that's shocking. And what we're supposed to trust that they're going through and separating it all. And Robert just brought up that he thinks if they had something, they would have shown it by now. I'm not sure of that because they took so much stuff that it might take them so long to go through and figure out what's there and what isn't there. But we're supposed to trust that they're going to get a document That says, Oh, this is a private discussion with President Trump and one of his private attorneys. And they're not going to look at it even privately. And they're not going to talk about it. And they're not going to say, Oh gosh, take a look at this. Maybe we can't use this, but it could lead us to do X. And maybe we never saw this, buddy. Right. Hint, hint, hint. I mean, I can, I hate to say that. It's like, it's very hard. Especially when we have seen now the FBI go after this president. And also, if you have documents that are sitting there that you're going to trust that they never take a peek at them, even if it says attorney client privilege, you know, maybe they have to read through them all and then they decide their attorney client privilege after they've read them all and taken in any sort of detail. That is such a dangerous slippery slope. And, and Norm, you heard what I said. They are treating this former president worse than drug dealers. You know, it's like, uh, you know who's the big drug dealer? Uh, the the guy, you know, the the famous one. But the girlfriend with all the chiquitas, El Chapo. <laughs> El Chapo, exactly. El Chapo got a right. better a better breako than Trumpo. Right,
4: right. Look, Rita. Look, my I love President Trump. I I am with him a hundred percent. I just. uh You know, uh, nobody knows what's in there. Um, But the bottom line is, I don't think there's anything in there. I think it's good that President Trump is calling for patience and coolness over this raid. Yep. Um, My thoughts are, I just find it ironic that Harris and the media and the left, they didn't call for patience and coolness during the summer of love, only against us, uh, the conservatives. We have to be cool, you know. But actually, I had a question for you kind of out of the box. and I just Whatever, this is um, the question I have is why do you think? I mean, I, I, for me, I have two passports, okay, but because I'm, I'm a European and I'm an American, so I have two passports. So uh, I, the question I have is why do you think President Trump has two operational passports?
3: It could be for the same reason, you know, it could be, it could be there. Maybe it was something when he was going to certain countries or certain restrictions, not even, you know, like, like I know what you're saying, by the way. And as many of you know, I'm half Polish. I could probably technically get a Polish passport in addition to an American, be a dual citizen. And, and, and I've thought about that. I haven't done it yet, but I've thought about it just because I'm so proud of my Mm -hmm. Polish background. But also right. there certain times you may not want to have a big blaring sign saying you're an American. Obviously, it's different when it's president. But there may be right. there may be just some restrictions where you can't fly from a certain airspace to another one. If you are right. an American citizen or if you're a, a X. there may be just or, you know, it may be as simple as that one was filled up. I mean, he travels so much, too. It may be that he had, you know, maybe there were two of them. Maybe there was one that was still able to use but it was pretty much filled up and he had another one i mean it could even be as simple as that we don't know the full story but you know why would you take the president's passport according to president trump what real quick norm what do you make of that
4: um i i don't understand why they would take his passports i mean uh he i don't think he's sneaking off to columbia or anything like that i mean you know i anyway i whatever i i just think it's ridiculous we We'll see how this pans out. I honestly believe in the end this is somehow going to get thrown out. This is this is uh my uh my gut is kind of telling me that. Uh, I, that whole thing about the taint thing, that taint thing sounded pretty fishy. So I mean, you know, they apparently you have to have lawyers there that you're that are on your side that are um uh, they, they don't have any uh I don't uh,
3: yeah. They they don't have any bias. They're supposed to look at the documents. And you know that, by the way, that process could take months, Norm, too. And that's where I was yeah. just saying, are you kidding me that they're going to look at it and go, oh, well, let's read through the whole thing. And don't tell anybody when you leave. That's like a kid that you go, hey, here's a piece of candy, but don't tell anybody about it. You know, I mean, that's come on, Norm.
4: You hit me. You hit me up with a question. I wasn't ready for it, so I had, I had to think about it. Uh, you know my general thoughts on President Trump, so I, I didn't. <laughs> you know I didn't. I uh, I couldn't come up with something quick enough on that one, Rita. So.
3: Well, you're great, Norm. I appreciate the call. We're going to continue with the calls, everybody. After the break, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One 9222 Why do you think they took? the passports, if indeed Trump is correct. And do you have reservations at the fact that it's attorney-client privilege information? And you just heard from President Trump telling people to calm down because he says things could get dangerous out of control. Do you agree that things could get really heated? And do you think it's obviously, I think it's a great idea that the president came out with these statements, but are you concerned about that as well? Because people are furious. 1-800-848-9222.
1: It's the Rita Cosby Show.
3: And tonight, President Trump wants his documents back. He says the ones that he has are not classified. He also says that, guess what? In their big, broad, old sweep, the FBI got attorney-client privilege documents, his passports. I mean, wow. Wow. What kind of country are we living in? And President Trump is also saying that it is a very dangerous position right now in this country. And there's tremendous anger. And he said, whatever we can do to help, because the temperature has to be brought down in the country. If it isn't, terrible things are going to happen. And I agree with him. I mean, there's such a tension in this country. There's such a division in this country. And I think there needs to be a lot more transparency, because right now there are so many unanswered questions. And that's why I think DOJ should make an exception to the rule and at least release some of the documents, even if they're just partial, even a lot redactions, just even some, because there are too many unanswered questions. And people are going, why was this the way you handle a former president? It's like they're discounting anybody who ever supported the president and this president because they just want to try to knock him out in the midterms. And they're not giving any evidence or any comfort to people who are deeply concerned about the raid. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Diane, line three. Diane, your thoughts. Hi. Okay, there's two things I want to talk about, so please don't something Diane, about. you got stuff in the background. Go ahead.
4: You got it. Sounds like you're like, got a what dishwasher on.
5: Can
4: you hear me? Yep, go ahead. Real quick, Diane. All right. I was watching Newsmax last night, and they showed uh, <laughs> that in mar, mar- you know, and mar- Largo. Uh, uh, real quick, Diane, FBI, real quick. The FBI showed this toilet with some torn up pieces of paper in the toilet with writing on it that you could clearly
5: see sitting right there in the center, you know, in the toilet. Now, so uh, they, so Diane, they, Diane, Diane did, hold on,
3: because it sounds like you're talking in the bathroom to yourself, by the way. It sounds like you're in the toilet. Um But, no, yeah, there were reports that they were claiming that maybe something was ripped up, something was put there. Again, he says everything he had was declassified. And that could make the whole thing moot. Let's go to Jimmy, line four. Jimmy, your thoughts real quick.
10: Yeah, Rita, uh, marrying a Polish
8: girl was the best uh, decision I ever made in my life. Ah, thank you uh.
9: Yeah. Uh, you know, Trump, as much as I support him, he makes bad decisions. He surrounds himself with people who are obviously compromised. His whole organization has been infiltrated by people who are informers and CIA. Those documents should never have been housed in Mar-a-Lago. They should have been buried in a tunnel where oh. nobody could get through them. Oh, Jimmy, that's an interesting point. So you
3: think he should have hit them as opposed to him putting them in a safe place and following the rules according to the Trump team. Wow, wow.